I invite you to take your Bibles with me at this time. We're going to turn to John chapter 4, passage of Scripture we'll be taken to in just a few moments. Take your Bibles, your devices, John chapter 4, reading this uh, great story of an encounter with Jesus. We read there in the beginning verses. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. And when the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. And then skip down to verse 39. We'll read that many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. This is God's word for us. 
As we gather this morning, we're privileged to have a couple of guests with us, and I'm going to invite Richard Fleming to come up now and introduce our second guest. Richard is the director of FEB International Ministries of our, uh, the denomination we belong to. Richard's also a longtime friend. We kind of grew up together in Toronto, and uh, blessings on you, Richard, and you'll introduce Dr. Cole. Thank you. Well, it's a great privilege to be here. I uh, really enjoyed your singing this morning, and... Uh, and uh, it was a real blessing. Uh, I've had a real privilege to uh, get to know Dr. Manfred Cole. Um, I, I like to say to people that, uh, and I'm, I'm just making this up, so I hope it's true, uh, probably over the last 50 or 60 years, Dr. Manfred Cole has been involved in uh, evangelical reflection at the highest level on a global scale. The more I get to know him, the more I'm learning. Uh, he was born in Germany during World War II, uh, educated Germany, England, and U.S. I won't get into his degrees. We'll be here all day long. Uh, he served in many senior roles in theological education, and he holds the distinction of the only person in history who has visited over 500 seminaries, Bible schools in the world. So he's traveled the world. I don't know how many countries he's been to, published books, articles. He was the one that founded World Vision in Western Africa and then in several countries in Europe. Uh, I got to know Dr. Manfred Cole in 2017 when I was invited to uh, uh, in Halifax, uh, where he lives with his wife Barbara, uh, to a reflection of uh, individuals from all over the world uh, relating to the great problem we have of pastors in the world that do not have access to formal education. The numbers are staggering. Four million pastors in the world 95% of them do not have access to formal training. And this has been on Dr. Cole's heart for many years, and he founded uh, an organization called Reforma, of which I'm a board member. And uh, so he's here for a few days in Ontario as we're visiting, sharing about this great vision. So you are privileged today. We had Dr. Cole at our church in Guelph uh, back in October, and just a wonderful blessing as he brings God's word. So Manfred... May the Lord bless you as uh, you share God's word this morning. Let's give him a, a welcome. One thing, my... <coughs> One thing my friend forgot to say, that I have accent. I speak a little bit funny, which gives me a great advantage because you have to listen more carefully. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't get it. See, if your pastor, who speaks so beautifully, you almost fall asleep when he speaks. <laughs> I hope not. So listen very carefully. I appreciate his emphasis on the offering. Just recently, I was in a church, and the offering was a big celebration. People actually were dancing down the aisle and came forward and brought the offering. Took about an hour and a half. Just the offering. By the way, the service is not like yours, just 45 minutes. It's usually about five to six hours, but I, I, I will cut it short. <laughs> I was told they will turn off my mic when my time is up. 
but they, they were dancing down. And I, I was sitting there, and a lady saw me, and she insisted I would dance down with her. Well, that was not the end of the offering, because when they came forward, they brought the offering, and the elders who had a mic announced what everyone gave. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> I'm sure you got a message about your offering. Everything we have, everything we have, and everything we are belongs to God. It doesn't belong to us. We are not the owners. We are only managers, managers of time, managers with all the resources. One day, believe it or not, we have to leave it all behind for other people to fight over it. I know I'm in a Baptist church, and I should not mention that, but when I grew up, we had a, I grew up in a very, very poor family, but we had a card game. We played cards as children, and the game was when you got rid of all the cards, you were the winner. Make that game the purpose of your life. At the end, there should be nothing left. You have to be wise. Now let's go back to the story. Very exciting story. I'm sure you have read that story before because Jesus is using the Samaritans three times in the Gospels. The first time, the Good Samaritan, beautiful story. Would love to speak on the Good Samaritan. At least six hours, it's a fantastic story. Ten points. Nine actions. And finally, number ten, he spoke. We speak nine times, and finally we do something. The Samaritan, beautiful, beautiful story. The second story is the woman at the well. A woman. And we will look at the text very carefully. You remember the third story? I know your Bible, you're just embarrassed to tell me. The story of the ten leopards. They all got healed. They all experienced God's blessing, just like you and me. How many times did God step in into our lives and helped us and healed us and protected us and blessed us? But only one, only one came back and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. He was a Samaritan, an outsider, a stranger. Jesus was in Jerusalem, the story begins. And his students, his disciples, and the disciples of some other groups, they had an argument. Who is the better preacher? Who has a better worship team? Who has a better service? They argued back and forth, and Jesus said, let's get out of here. Let's go back and do some evangelistic work. And he left hundreds and hundreds of people in Jerusalem just to meet one individuals. Jesus cared for an individual like you and me. 
But it says very beautifully, he had to go through Samaria. They always went around. All the Jews went around Samaria. They never went through Samaria. They don't want anything to do with these outsiders. But this particular time, it says they had to go through Samaria. Who told them? Only the Father, God himself, gave instruction. How many times does God speak to us and we hear it, we understand it, that inner voice, but we are not doing it. My friend, we have to learn to obey. You know that, that story in the Old Testament, you all know about it. Whenever I go to a university, the students ask me the same question. What kind of fish swallowed Jonah? God spoke to Jonah. God spoke to him and said, go to the east. I have a message for you to proclaim. And Jonah did what so many of us do. He went to the west on the Mediterranean cruise. He could care less. So many of us are spiritual schizophrenics. And one time we know what God wants and we do what we want. God spoke to his son, we have to go through Samaria. Very important little phrase. He had to go through Samaria. And there he came to a very historic place. He was tired, believe it or not, Jesus also gets tired. He had to take a nap. His disciples had to go to buy food, which was a, quite an undertaking because this, the Jews would never eat something the Samaritan touched. So they all had to go together, bother to defend themselves to find something that they could eat. And there was Jesus taking a nap, and lo and behold, a woman came. And Jesus did not say, you are a sinner, you have to repent. Not just very simply, Jesus said, would you give me a drink? I'm thirsty. The Samaritan woman said, how, how in the world can you ask me, a Samaritan, to help you as a Jew? You would never, never do that. For Jesus, there's no difference. People are people. We are all created in God's image. Even if you are an unbeliever or from another religious background, God loves every person, and Jesus died for all of them, not just for you and me. Give me a drink. And so they had a dialogue with each other. Jesus is so simple, so simple. Or we have to learn from the master how to reach other people, to make it simple. We make it so complicated. We have so many traditions and rules and regulations. Give me a drink. And the woman very smartly answered, if you are talking about giving me a drink, how in the world can you help me? You have nothing to get the water out of it. How in the world can you help me in my marriage? You are 
You have never been married. You never had children. How in the world can you help me with a problem I have at home with my teens? Difficulties with my parents, with my neighbors, with my boss. How in the world, Jesus, can you help me? The woman asked the right question. And Jesus beautifully answered her, my dear friend, my dear lady, I have the living water. I can give much more than you ask for. I'm able to help you. And the woman begged him, please, please give me that living water. I don't want to come back here. I have a bad reputation in town. I, I come here when no one else is around. At the sixth hour, no one is going to get water at sixth hour. All the women come later when it gets cool and have talk and like women get together. She was an outcast. We don't know what her problem was. She had five husbands. Was she, was she a, a prostitute? Was she a, a person who the husband died? We, we don't know the details. It doesn't matter. She was a person who admitted, I have sins in my life. I have done many things wrong. Just like you and me. There's no difference between you and me and that woman. And Jesus said, please, please give me that living water. Please bless me. I'm here this, this morning. I want to be blessed. And Jesus said, yes, but we have to straighten out something. I cannot bless you if there's not real forgiveness in your life. You have to be cleansed first. We have to learn to come to the Lord and say, Lord, very simply, forgive me. I have done wrong. I was disobedient. I did not do what you told me to do. And the story ended in such a beautiful way. We don't know the details. But a woman was changed. She became a different person. She went back to her village. She was hiding. Now she went back to the village and said to everyone, come, come out, I, I found another man. If, she would be, if I would be around and she would have said that to me, my wife would pull me back and say, stay away from her. She already had five guys. She doesn't need you. Come, come all of you, come. And the whole village, the whole village came to Jesus because of that woman. She became the first missionary in the New Testament. Fantastic. She didn't go to a Bible school. She didn't need training. She just had to tell others about Jesus. It's so simple. So simple to tell others about Jesus. Come, come and see him. I cannot explain it to you, but just come and meet with him. Bring people on, on a Sunday morning. By the way, how many did you bring today? Did you invite someone in your family? There are some people who are still in bed at home. When you get them up next time and bring them to church, and don't give up when they say no. 
you have to say it at least 10 times before you should give up. Did you invite some neighbors, your friends? Come to church. You can meet some, have encounter with Jesus. It's amazing. Amazing what can happen. I was preaching in a church. It was in mainland China. Big church, all church. Only can seat about 1,000 people, so they had four services. I had to preach four times in a row, each one about two hours. Fantastic. And then the pastor came and said at the end, on Friday night we have a meeting for only the young people, only the young people, between 15 and 35. That's the, the group we like to invite. Would you like to speak to them? Oh, I love to speak to young people. And by the way, Pastor, congratulations that there are so many young people. It's wonderful to see young people in church. I always have a problem with people my age. <laughs> Thank you, God, for this church. Please bring your friends. Please bring other young people. They have to learn about Jesus. So I said, yes, I will come on Friday. I will visit some theological schools, but I will be back on Friday. So on Friday, I went to the church. And as I went to the door, there were two beautiful young girls there. And they, they said to me, Grandpa, today it's not for you. It's only for young people today. I said, well, I, I, I'm very excited about it, but I'm supposed to be your speaker today. So they looked at each other, and after a while, they said, okay, we make an exception. You can go in. <clears throat> I went into that church. There were 1,000 seats. There were about 1,500 young people in there. They were sitting on the, the floor. They were sitting everywhere on the platform. It was absolutely packed with young people. All of you young people, bring some others along. You have some friends. Tell the pastor next time he should preach to young people. Get excited. Maybe you have to get a, a couple different songs for young people. Make the thing alive. So I spoke. And uh, at the end, I did something which I usually don't do. But at the end, I said, if any one of you young people would like to become a missionary, I told them about, about mission. If you want to become a missionary, if you want to speak to other people about Jesus, you don't have to go to, to Africa or to Latin America or to Russia or anywhere else. You can do it just at a university, the high school, in your office, with your other secretaries. Wherever you are, just, just talk to somebody else about Jesus. And I said, if anyone would like to do that, would you please stand up and I will have a special prayer for you. I closed my eyes. When I opened my eyes to say that prayer, about 1,500 young people stood. 
say, we want to be missionaries. We want to be blessed and dedicated as missionaries to speak to somebody else about Jesus, just like that woman here, that woman who had a bad reputation. Would you like to be a missionary starting this week? Not, not next year. You don't, have, you don't need three-year training. You don't have to go to Bible school. We need some professional, yes, but all of you, all of you can be involved in bringing people to Jesus or talking to them about Jesus. And our story, very, very unique. They invited Jesus to be with them. The Jews had nothing to do with the Samaritans. They stayed away from them. They would not touch them. They would never eat something. Here we read, Jesus went with them. Not only overnight. He stayed there for two days, two nights. There no place where that happened. Only here. Because a woman took the encounter with Jesus serious. What a story. Oh, I'm so excited about it. I hope you get excited about it. I would like you to be an ambassador for our Lord Jesus Christ. I always feel sad in a church when I see empty seats. We have so many empty seats. It's about half full. And if you sit people around here, you can put more chairs in. So if each one of you will bring at least one person, man, that place would be hopping. That place would be fantastic. That's what a church is all about. You don't have to adopt the dancing for the offering and to announce what people give. You don't have to do that. God knows it. He sees exactly what you do. How you always look for you first. And whatever is left, you give to the Lord instead of the other way around. But that's something you have to deal with. My friend, my time is up. The lady already looked to turn the microphone off. I have one more minute to finish up. Uh, to, to now, now he tells me. Now he tells me. Would you tell that to the lady back there? <laughs> the lovely lady in the back there, she put all that thing on her. <coughs> Even put a tape on it that I would not lose it. <coughs> what an exciting story. That woman became the first missionary in the New Testament. She was the one who invited all of them, come, come and see who Jesus is. That man who told me my whole life story. Jesus knows your life story. He knows you from the beginning. He knows everything. He sees and hears and understands everything you are and everything you have. There's nothing you can hide from the Lord. There's a story I'm sure your pastor has preached on it when these two people after Easter, after, after the Lord died on Easter Sunday, they went from Jerusalem to their home in Emmaus. You remember that story? 
and the stranger walked with him. It was the Lord. They did not recognize him. The Lord is walking with us all the time. He sees and hears everything. And so they walked along. And Jesus said, what is bothering you? What are the difficulties in your life? Empty yourself. I want to hear it. Give it to me so that I can bless you. The Lord cannot bless you if you are not empty. That's very simple. <laughs> if you are filled with all kind of selfish attitudes, selfish action, doubts and all kind of half sins and real sins, get rid of them. Tell them, empty yourself so that he can fill you with blessings. So they walked along. And it says in the end, their heart was burning when the Lord spoke to them. Oh, I hope that the Lord is speaking to you and that your heart is burning the whole day today. That you will remember, remember the story of that woman as you go home. Tell others about Jesus and your church and your life and the whole ministry will be impacted. I'm so happy to be here. You have such a beautiful church. I was here last year sitting over there at breakfast with the pastor and some other people. And I looked at your church and said, man, what a beautiful building. Six weeks ago, I was in Africa. I spoke in a place. I think it was one of the poorest places I have seen in my life. By the way, I have visited about 150 different countries in the world in churches and theological schools and colleges and Bible schools. I had a chance to preach many times. And I always tell people, you must be involved in telling others about Jesus. So I preached in, in Africa Usually I have between three and four hours for preaching, not just restricted time. People love to come. They dedicate a whole time in the fellowship with the Lord and with each other and with singing and praying. And there I encountered that, that huge gathering of people that had no pastor. A bishop came to me and said, I have 16 churches here and only three pastors. And all the others have lay people who are not trained, who lead a church. That's why I started that organization called Reformer, to help churches to get properly trained people, to set standards for biblical ministry, very simply, out of the four million pastors, as my friend Richard Fleming has said, only 5% have a formal training. Over three and a half million have little or none. And we have to do something about it. And a church like, like yours, who has everything so beautifully, even all that, all that gadget, all, you, 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 man, you have so much stuff. Unbelievable. You should be part of helping other churches to get trained people. 
That's the whole purpose. I like to see Western churches, Canada and the US and Europe and Australia, or Japan, all, all the, the wealthy churches to have a, a mission to help others who have little or none. That's my commitment with the reformer. And by the way, I, I did not ask permission for the pastor. I, I just tell you, if you know somebody, if you have an uncle or aunt or some friend who has a million dollars and doesn't know where to give it to, uh, I, have a, I have a life purpose for that person. I'm serious. There's some people who really want to invest in something that is worthwhile. Invest in something that changes the lives of thousands of people. One time I was <laughs> invited to a fundraising dinner. And um, I went there without announcing it. I just went there with my dear wife, and we were sitting in the back. But someone discovered me and said, oh, Dr. Cole is here. He has to speak to us. I was not prepared. And there were about 65 people and sitting on tables having a dinner. And then they asked to have an offering. Well, I stood up and said, if someone is here, who has a million dollars to give away. That's a project you should invest. And I was sitting down. I, I, that, I thought the message was clear. When I was sitting down, I know I had to put my feet a little bit away because my wife would kick me. But she said to me, what a stupid statement you made. <laughs> Among all these people, to make a statement like that, how? How can you do that? Until when the surf was served, the man from the other table walked over and asked me, to whom shall I make out a check? Oh, I was so happy that my wife heard that too. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we are a team, you know. We are 53 years married. And so we, we really learn to work together and to take it and smile and laugh. God has blessed them. That person became a dear friend of mine. He has given for theological training, training passes, over $20 million in his life. Or he has blessed thousands and thousands and thousands of churches. Tremendous. So remember, if you have that million or if you know someone, uh, I'm still here afterwards. You can talk to me. We are family. We can talk about very openly. These people, the scripture says, they had, a, they had a big party. They all came together and Jesus was right in the midst. He has never spent time with the Samaritans. There they had a party. And the disciple, the students, his 12 students, you know he had 12 full-time students and 70 part-time students and a couple others who just followed along, they all had to learn that to, to be with the Samaritans or with the Jews or with Christians, we have to learn to praise God together because all that we have and all that we are belongs to him and not to us. 
So, I still want to finish. You got a message? If not, talk to me afterwards and I will repeat it. But I'm sure you got a message. Tell other people about Jesus. Tell other people about Jesus. In a very simple way. Just if you say goodbye to someone and say, and may God bless you. That's already a shock to some people. Be a witness. And may the Lord bless you richly. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have that story. A story that you left hundreds or thousands of people in Jerusalem just to meet with one person, with one person. What the impact that one person had in their village, in their town. Everyone came to invite you into their midst, to bless them. You ask each one of us to do the same. Please, Lord, help us to do the same. Help us to do the same. Amen.